Welcome to the High Tech Freedom Podcast. This is a podcast where we bring successful tech sales professionals, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs to share best practices, insights, and lessons learned with other tech sales professionals. As a sales professional, the more we learn, the more we earn. Once we earn it, how can we put those hard-earned commission dollars back to work to build additional income streams that will create the freedom we are all working to achieve? I'm your host, Chris Freeman. I'm a high-tech sales leader, real estate investor, and lifetime learner. All right, welcome back to the High Tech Freedom Sales Podcast. Really excited to speak to my guest today, J.C. Otero. So we'll get his full bio and background in the show notes, but uh, J.C., welcome to the podcast. Super excited to be here, Chris. Thanks so much for reaching out and inviting me to be a guest on this great podcast. Oh, man, my pleasure. You're welcome. Well, why don't we start by, um, can you share a little bit about your background in sales? Yeah, for sure. Um, Background goes all the way since I was a child. I've been selling my whole life. Always had little side hustles growing up as a kid to generate some extra money. But, you know, professionally, I've been in sales for over 15 years now. Um, I first got my start in Wells Fargo Financial doing debt consolidation. And that was a real challenge because I was talking about the most personal thing with people. But I progressed my career from there to, you know, working in technology hardware with Dell, worked with data management software at Informatica. And then um, for the past four years, I've been in sales development leadership. And uh, that was a transition that I made because uh, I really get a passion out of helping and develop people, especially like future sales professionals. And so I've uh, really been going there for the past four years into various leadership roles. Yeah. You know, so you were you were leading a team of business development reps. Is that? Yeah. So I've actually, it's been a really fast journey um, since I transitioned. So I first started out with one team of 14 reps, and that was within a new organization. And a little over a year and a half after that, I transitioned into uh, leading managers. And so that's when I joined Dun & Bradstreet to um, help take their sales development organization to the next level. I had inherited six teams and grew that to 13 teams in the span of about 15 months. And then most recently, I was with a, um, a smaller size company and um, leading a global team. So I had a team in Europe and a team in North America. And that's all just happened in the past four years. Okay. Wow. That's a, that's a lot of transition in, in four years. Well, I'm curious. So you, know, you went from the sales role to managing a, a team of sales development reps. Mm-hmm. You know, what were some of the, the major differences when you jumped from managing the individual development reps to managing the managers that manage those reps? You know, what were some of the, I guess, the challenges or some of the things that you kind of learned or, or had to adjust along the way? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is the people aspect. Uh, when, I, when I was managing managers at uh, Dun & Bradstreet, the good thing was that many of them had done the role before. And so I was really relying on them to teach me, you know, the internal processes, what the talk tracks had been before. Whereas with where they really needed the help was the people aspect, right? Is how do you manage your reps? And a lot of them were, you know, this was their first management job very early in their career as well. And so that was the biggest thing was when they were reps, there wasn't too much of that people management experience. And so that was the thing that we had to focus on the most. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, let's, you know, one question uh, that I always get to in, in one of these uh, interviews is around what really separates the top performers from the rest of the pack. So, um, you know, when you were leading, uh, you know, a bunch of sales development reps or the managers that had a, you know, a downstream organization, you know, you were, it sounds like you were exposed to quite a few different uh, sellers, styles, types, and so on. Um, within those different organizations, what did you see that really separated maybe the top 10, 20% from the rest of the pack? 
Yeah, good, great question. And I know always something I'm looking an eye out for. And, and the good thing is that consistently across every company I've been at, the three pillars that differentiate them are organization, communication, and collaboration. And if they can do those three things really well, the sky's the limit in terms of uh, what their what their potential is. So that was organization, communication, and collaboration. And you can you can ask anybody that's worked with me or for me. You know, those would be the three things always just harping on and always reminding people, right? Because I, to me, those are the, the three core tenets of being successful in sales and as a leader. Yeah. Well, then each one of those, I mean, you could, we could do a podcast on just yep. any one of those pillars. Um, yeah. You know, I've seen the organization piece play out. I mean, I typically tend to lean towards organization. It's how I just get sanity in my head. You mm-hmm. know, I like to organize it, get it in a spreadsheet, get it in a document, get it in a folder, you know, what, whatever. But for me, that's always created a little bit of calm just to allow me to go faster. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I love the pillars. Yeah, I was just going to add on, on organization because I think that's really the key, right? And um, you mentioned kind of like files and things, but I think it's also a lot more than that too. It's a lot about your like your thoughts, right? If you can't organize your thoughts well and you can't communicate, you can't collaborate with others and you can't get your vision straight. It's even also, you know, that's inside your head, but externally organizing your time. You know, that's the thing that I'm just so amazed that so many reps do not maximize their time, right? Like that's the biggest differentiator that I see between people is between high performers and underperformers is how they manage their time. And that comes back to organizing it. So that way you maximize those 40 hours you have a week or more. Yeah. Well, I'm curious, what are some of the things you do do to maximize your time? Yeah, great question. So <laughs> I've learned this over the years. So hopefully it saves somebody some time and heartache. Um, but one of the things that I, that I do is... I, you know, I plan my year, I plan my month, I plan my week, and I plan my day. And what I mean by that is, you know, in sales, you know, we all operate under like certain goals and you work backwards to get that. And I've learned that, you know, the best way to eat an elephant is one one bite at a time. And so that begins with how we manage our days. And so, for example, what I've developed habits for is every Friday, I'm reviewing the week to see like how things went. And then I'm planning the next week. So that way, come Monday, I'm not even thinking about it. I already have kind of like what I've outlined to do. Taking that a step further, because things change from day to day, is every night before or the end of the workday, I look at how the day went according to plan, what changed, what didn't, and then what's on docket for the next day. And that helps me kind of clear my mind. So that way, coming into it, I'm already there. The other thing too that I've gotten really good at is I put everything on my work calendar. And what I mean by that is like everything, not just meetings, but even individual tasks that I need to do. And what I do is I, it's kind of like a puzzle, right? And I see it to where I just put things on my calendar. And if it's something that I'm doing by myself, I put it on there, but I set it as free in case someone else needs to schedule time for me. Of course, if it's time sensitive or whatnot, then I put like, do not disturb or I'm busy. But what that does is it really helps me just get things done. And then it also helps me put things in a perspective, like when something's due. And so if something's not due, then I can move it. But then if it is due, then I make sure that I get it done ahead of time. Um, but those are like two key things that I do. And I got tons of other like time savers because we got to maximize that. Yeah, that's interesting. It's interesting. So you actually book some of your tasks. And what I heard you say is if it's not, you know, if, if it's a little bit flexible, you'll leave it as available in case there's an important meeting. But if it's an important task, you'll actually book it and lock it into the calendar. You know, I love that because, you know, at times I've played around with putting my tasks just in the top of my calendar. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll kind of I'll merge my Google and my work calendar together. 
So sometimes I'll just put them in the top, but then what happens is, you know, you kind of forget about them mm-hmm. and, you know, they, they sit there on that day and, um, yeah, you know, they, they like, I give you, like I'll give you an example too, because this is one, one key area that especially working with like sales development reps really early in the career to like develop excellence is they got to own their time. Right. And like, for example, coaching them is, you know, you set around a one hour block to find your contacts. Then you set another block, you know, to then get them into a cadence and do your prospecting. And so in that way, it's just very methodical and it helps just get you at ease. But um, it's just wild that something so small to where you just get it on there, you make sure it gets done. But the key, though, is that you got to be real with yourself. And what I mean by that is like you put something on your calendar that you're going to do a training and you don't do it, then you just slide it over to another time and you do it. And the reason why is because you don't want to look back on it. And you're not getting the results you want, but then you have all these things on there that you said you're going to do, but you didn't do them. And so that's really kind of like one of those key aspects as well, is that you got to be be real with whether or not you're getting it done. I love how you hold yourself accountable. It's a fantastic skill. Well, let's talk about communication for a minute, because yeah. there's both the, obviously the customer communication, which is, you know, core to what we do, but then there's the the internal communication. I'm just curious to hear some of your your thoughts around, you know, maybe start with the internal. When we think about career development, especially a, an early career rep, what are some of the tips or lessons learned that you've learned about, you know, quality, effective internal communication to help elevate your brand in your career? Oh, great question. I'm all about it. And uh, it's uh, internal communication is the only thing that's happening like all day. And it's that internal voice that we have to one first recognize and then get control over. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't take the time to master their ability to own their mindset. They let things wander. And what happens then is if it wanders the wrong direction, you go downhill quickly. And because you haven't mastered it, then it just snowballs into a lot more. And so I've learned, you know, through a variety of mentors and teachings and things like that too, is that that inner voice, I control that. And knowing that I control that, I then need to be cognizant of whether or not I'm having negative self-talk or positive self-talk. And, you know, I'd be lying to you, Chris, and everyone listening, if I was just positive all the time, right? I get a lot of negative t- negative self-talk. Like there's two voices in my head, right? There's the white wolf and the black wolf, right? I don't know if you've heard that story, but I always think of that. And the sooner that I can recognize that I'm having negative self-talk, I need that white wolf to turn around and just be like, okay, let's turn things around. So that's key. But I mean, I can go on a lot more about that. But w- what specifically do you think? Would be well, like most I, you know, so interesting because I was thinking internally within the company, but oh. you took it down the internal oh, mindset, which was <laughs> no, that was fantastic. I mean, I, I'm yeah. really glad you brought that up. But you know, sometimes the you know the you know, there's what we do with our customer, and then there's what we do to go drive that initiative internally mm-hmm. to go get that customer. Maybe there's a special request. Mm-hmm. Maybe you know you're trying to explain to your manager, uh, you know, where you're going with that account, where you're going with that territory, okay. kind of what so you're paying. Yeah, some tips around uh, you know effective communication that really sets you up for success internally. For sure, that's good. 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 Uh, appreciate the clarification. So, one thing that I found is really helpful is with those internal conversations, you're gonna have you're gonna have impromptu ones, and then you're also gonna have scheduled ones. So, if we can, we could dissect both of them, right? So, let's look at the ones that are like scheduled, because well, it's gonna be on your calendar, right? So, you prepare ahead of time as to what you're gonna talk about in that conversation. So preparation is key um, because if you just go into a scheduled meeting with your manager or someone extended team, you're just like, oh, I don't know what we're going to do or whatnot. Well, you lose all credibility and you're no longer in the driver's seat. But if you take that extra time to prepare ahead of time, you're going to have that much better of a conversation. And why are you doing that preparation? What's challenging is we're always thinking about us 
everything is always about us. But if we think about the other person's perspective, then that will help us position what we're going to communicate. So that way we are more inclined to have them accept and want to collaborate with us versus like trying to challenge and, and uh, challenge each other's ideas. Does that make sense? Oh, it, it absolutely does. And uh, the thing I just want to go back and pick on for a second is the, you know, you mentioned preparation. I'm a huge fan of preparation, but the idea of get in the driver's seat, right? Go into the conversation and own it, drive it. I can tell you every single manager that you work for, for the most part, they're going to appreciate that. You know, it's going to help them help you because you've got a plan. You've come in prepared. You know what, what's working. You Maybe you've identified some challenges, maybe some things you don't know. It just, it then leads to your third pillar, which is collaboration. You know, mm-hmm. this is collaboration internally, but still collaboration. And mm-hmm. that comes from you being in the driver's seat and owning the conversation. Yeah, exactly. And the only thing to add to that too, great summary is, um, you know, having the end in mind. Right. Like what is the purpose of the conversation? Right? I just don't I mean you can have conversation, have conversation, but really in like the workplace, like what are you trying to achieve? And you just basically work backwards. And if you see it from their perspective, then it really kind of helps get get everything going to move in the direction you want to go. Have the end in mind. I like it. Before we jump into the topic, I wanted to let you know that we just launched a monthly drawing for one of our insulated high-tech freedom tumblers. Now, I've been sending these out as a thank you gift to each of our guests, and the response has been great. You know, everyone has a full-size coffee cup, a Yeti, or whatever brand that they might use, but not everybody has the small tumbler that you can put your wine or beverage of choice in. They're great for the deck, beach, camping, or just, you know, just keeping your drink warm or cold. I'm not selling these, but I am excited about them. So we decided to offer these up to the loyal podcast listeners by doing a monthly drawing. So if you're interested, go to hightechfreedom.com forward slash mug, that's M-U-G, and you'll see a picture of the Tumblr and you can enter. We'll just collect your name, phone number, and email. And if you do win, we'll then follow up and ask for your mailing address so we know where to send it. If you don't win, your name stays in so you don't need to re-enter. Well, JC, so you and I were talking a little bit offline. You've been through a, a layoff before, and you were nice enough to to share some of your experience or thoughts about that. And at the time of the recording, I mean, there continues. It seems it's so strange because while employment is apparently high, at least in the tech world and in the sales world, there there are a lot of layoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, I've talked to a lot of friends or just acquaintances over the last uh, six months that uh, are in transition. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, you know, as somebody who's been through that, maybe to somebody that is in it now, or maybe they're going to go into it. They get laid off. You know, what are some of the advice? What advice, tips, or maybe what are some of the ex- personal experiences that, that you have had? that helped you power through that to kind of elevate yourself into that next role? A oh, great question. And, um, you know, it's something that I've, I've come to learn and it's amazing because now people are like, Oh my God, like you just bounce back so quickly. And I said, well, you know, this is, it's happened a few times. And so I think, I think language is really key, right? And, you know, we talked earlier about internal dialogue and the language we use, right? Like I don't say that I'm unemployed. I say that I'm in transition, right? Because I am employable. I am valuable. And oftentimes when people get laid off, they often like feel devalued and they start questioning themselves versus looking as like, hey, maybe this didn't have anything to do with you. It's just, you know, business cycles, things are happening. And and uh, that's that's something that's hard to kind of come to terms with. Right. And so that's where, you know, I've come to learn, too, because I've been on the other side as well, where I've had to lay people off and understanding kind of like just 
you know, business dynamics is like, you know, there's just things, they just have to make these changes at times. And the sooner, the sooner I'm able to accept that, the sooner I can move on. And that's what's key because I've, I've seen people where they don't accept it and they get down and, you know, days turns into weeks and weeks turns into months and then they become chronically unemployed. Right. And so I think shifting our mindset and, you know, for me personally, what I found is that when it's happened, there's always been something better afterwards. Right. And that's excites me now because now it's like, okay, what's this next opportunity I'm going to go towards? And what that does is that carries over into my day to day self. I'm going to go apply for jobs. I'm going to go look for this. I'm going to get some trainings. I want to figure out how to get more valuable. Right. And that also gives me the motivation to have that as my job. So instead of just like, you know, applying periodically or whatnot, I'm very intentional. I'm looking for companies that I want, companies that I can get fired up to work for. And then every day I'm doing something to try and get there. And I think that's really key is having a process and owning your mindset during that transition. Yeah. And it's great attitude that you you have when when looking at it. Yeah, I mean, attitude is everything, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, so JC, I, you know, if you've been working long enough, there's probably a role that you've had that uh, wasn't all roses and peaches. You know, what's been the most challenging role that that you've had? Yeah, I mean, I would, um, I guess, I would say from a leadership role that I had. I mean, it was definitely my role at Dun and Bradstreet, um, just because that was the you know the first time I was really kind of taking on you know, an organization. I was, you know, having direct managers. And I was also tasked with a really big goal of, you know, more than doubling the size of the organization in the first 12 months. Right. And, you know, there's a lot of things I didn't know, but I took it on as an opportunity to grow and develop. And the great thing was that I had such a such an awesome extended team, not only within the department, but also in others like HR, marketing and sales enablement that were able to, you know, collectively work together. But I think just the I don't want to call it daunting, but just kind of the, the huge task of, uh, you know, coming into an organization, trying to turn things around and grow. It was was definitely probably one of the more challenging so far from a leadership role. So when you, I imagine you had some peaks and valleys in that process, when you were in one of those valleys and really maybe struggling with whatever it was that you had to do, you know, how did you pick yourself up, you know, in the morning and and just kind of power through it? Great question. And, um, you know, I have a, I have a bit of a, a morning routine. And uh, when you, one of the things that I do is um, listen to something motivational, you know, as cheesy as that sounds, whether it's uh, you know, big David Goggins fan and really like Billy Osbrooks. I also listen to just affirmations as well, too. And so I kind of mix it up. But, you know, I've come to learn is that, you know, what I do in the morning kind of dictates the rest of the day. And I also try and be very self-aware in terms of, okay, did I wake up today, you know, in not so confident, good mood? Day two, was it the same thing? And what happens is that if I recognize that for you know a couple of days or so, it's like, okay, I got to do something different, right? I got to like change my mindset um, and it might be something bigger, but that that's a piece of it. The other thing too, is that when I'm really struggling or I have a lot on my mind, I, uh, I take those thoughts out and I put them on paper uh, because what I've come to learn is that, you know, those thoughts bouncing around our head in that self-talk and until we put it down on paper it becomes a little bit more real and we can actually start working with it. And then those voices go away from your head because they want to come out. So I got to put those on paper. And then the third thing that I do too, is I just talk to people, right? Uh, I have a close network of friends and family too, that I can reach out at any time and kind of just, you know, vent or talk to and and, and get that different perspective. Uh, But those are kind of the three things that that I'd say I do. I like the example of putting it on paper. You know, I, I sometimes call that just start working on the problem, right? It's, you know, you get it rolling around in your head, but once you put it on paper and you start breaking it down and just start working on it, I find that 
you know, at least personally, I have less time to worry about it because I start putting myself into the work versus worrying about the work. Yeah. And uh, next thing you know, the day or two goes by and you started to solve a few of the things that were on your mind. Yeah. And uh, one last benefit too of putting things on paper is that you can go back and you can look at it. And so, you know, say you're having a bad week or whatever, and then two, three months from now, you're doing great. Well, guess what? Look back and remember those, like those, those troughs and valleys that you had, even those highs as well. Like that's the same thing too, is that, you know, when, when feeling down, you know, I go back and, and look at some of my wins, whether that's a certificate or a trophy, just to remind myself of that success and go over it. And that's the other added benefit of writing things down. Awesome. Well, I noticed it uh, seems like you're pretty active on the uh, the giving back side and the charitable side. What are some of the things uh, that you're doing that you're passionate about? Yeah. So um, one thing is earlier this year, I finished a program that was um, uh, people of color, like certified, certified to, to, to go on to like board leadership. And so I've been on a few boards in the past and it's been some years since, since I've you know been really involved. But one thing that as of late that I've, I've been, you know, somehow just people get connected with me um, at various points in their career to transition into tech sales. And so like right now I have about a handful of people that I'm either very early on coaching them to do a career transition into a tech sales job or just help them get into their first AE or SDR type job and coaching them for like success. And I really passionate about that. And so right now I'm, I'm searching for organizations that I can, can do that maybe a little bit more at scale. Um, just because I, I get a thrill out of seeing somebody that's wanting to change their life, you know, through tech sales, but not knowing how, but seeking out the help to do it. Um, and the other thing too, that I've been involved with for, for quite some time now. And right now I mainly help out and advising, like when it comes to like grants and things like that is been mentoring an individual in, in Kenya for so long. Um, that he's deaf. And, um, you know, so many years ago, we started an organization, Deaf Empowerment Society of Kenya. And now it's grown to an organization that, you know, impacts thousands across the country. And so I, I you know, consult with him on just programs and grants because now he's got a whole staff and things like that too, but always available to kind of help out. But that's kind of what comes to mind right now, Chris. Wow. Wow. Have you, have you been to Kenya before? Or? Yeah. So good question. Uh, we did go in April, 2018. Uh, which was also around my anniversary, so that was a, that was a good trip. Uh, but he actually, uh, because we've we've uh, grown so much together, he asked me to be his best man in his wedding, and uh, and also like the godfather to his first board. And so we went to his wedding, and uh, you know that was a life changing experience. And looking forward to going back because it's been quite a few years. Yeah, wow, well, that's cool. Well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Well, JC, um, if uh, somebody would like to reach out, get hold of you, connect. What I'll, we'll have your LinkedIn uh, yeah. link in the show notes. Um, is there another way that you'd want them to reach out to you? Yeah, I mean, I'd say LinkedIn, probably the best. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn all the time. Uh, just send me a connection request. It'd be great if you include a message as well too, uh, just so that way uh, I know to connect. I get a lot of spam messages just like everyone else, but uh, just include a short note. Heard you on, on, on Chris's podcast and would like to connect and I'll definitely respond and you know get some time to, to get better acquainted. Awesome. Well, JC, thank you very much for your time today. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Chris. Thanks again for joining us today. To get more sales and real estate tips, you can subscribe to our newsletter at hightechfreedom.com. You can also join our private Facebook and LinkedIn group that is exclusively for sales professionals. If you found a nugget of good information in the podcast, please subscribe, give us a positive rating, and write a review. 
If there is a topic that you would like us to cover in the future, please send us a note through our website at hightechfreedom.com. Until next week, make this your best week ever. Thank you.